Welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Over the next hour, you will hear raw, honest, and inspiring conversation between Lindsay and her guests, discussing how to thrive, live joyfully, and abundantly in spite of life's challenges. Now, here is your host, Lindsay McCowan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I am your host, Lindsay McCowan, and it is my great pleasure to be here today for my very first episode. This is a sanctuary for you to land every week and feel connected through inspiring and powerfully honest conversations with women like you. We will cover a vast array of topics that empower you to heal, transform, and thrive in body, mind, and in your life in spite of life's circumstances. For this very first episode, I really wanted you to have the opportunity to get to know me and more about the intention of this show. And the best way I know how to do that is through conversations. That is why I have invited one of my closest friends to interview me, Anya Shepalavi. And she is such an empowering woman who has seen me through some of the most challenging times and transformations in my life. And what I love about Anya is her devotion and courage to dive deep into the soul in pursuit of inner peace, self-acceptance, unconditional self-love, and wholeness. Her journey has fueled her passion to help others remember, reclaim, and rebirth the divine love and wisdom within their own hearts. And I am so blessed to have received on numerous occasions from her, her healings, her sage wisdom, and her incredible ability to hold suffering, other people's suffering, with such grace and tenderness. Anya has an advanced horse yoga teaching certification. She is a Neo white belt teacher, a certified emotion code practitioner, as well as a certified angel guide, and has completed a three-year shamanic healing training with Susan Thunder Raven of Wusong's School of Shamanic Healing. And she has recently become a Mesa carrier for peace. So could you please welcome me, uh, help welcome Anya to the show. Hi, Anya. It's so lovely to have you here for the first episode and your willingness to step in and interview me. Hey, Lindsay. Hello, everybody. I'm just so delighted and honored and excited to be here and having this conversation with you and kicking off this show. Um, I've been with you for some of the behind the scenes as you've been preparing for the show. So I just feel so blessed and happy that we can start off with the conversation together as you kick off your show. Yeah. And so one thing that I would love to do for each episode is just to start off with something that I feel is so important for us as women to be able to thrive. And that's to pause and breathe and get grounded in this moment. So what I'd love to do is Anya, if you would just join me for a moment to just settle in and for all of those that are listening to take a moment to pause. And if you're not in your car driving, you can even close your eyes and just take a moment to take a deep breath in through your nose. And then perhaps even out through the mouth. And just do that a couple more times, a nice deep breath in. And as you breathe out, just feeling yourself settle down and in. And let's just do one more breath in and out. And if you're able, just placing your hand on your heart 
and maybe even the other hand on your belly. And then continuing to take several more breaths in and out and just feeling the chest rise and fall in the palms of your hands. And simply by stopping and pausing and breathing and being intentional with our breath, what happens is we become more present to this moment. And by becoming more present to this moment, we can be more present to our life and not be wavering out there amongst the past or projecting out to the future, but we can just be here in this moment and be completely aware of what is happening. And so we'll take another deep breath in and out. And then we'll just gently come back to this moment so that we can dive in and really connect it to one another. It takes a few seconds, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, my friend. Well, I am going to take a deep breath in and out as I hand this off to you and let you start to ask me some questions. <laughs> and hopefully I'll have great answers for them. Yeah, so it's my pleasure to interview you and learn a little bit more about your inspiration and motivation for thriving unapologetically. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So why don't we start with having you tell us a little bit about yourself, Lindsay, like where you grew up and maybe a little about your childhood. (laughs) Oh, wow, that's a big question. (laughs) Um, So... I grew up uh, near Charlottesville, Virginia, and that's where I reside now. And, um, you know, I grew up in a time where there wasn't a lot of, well, there was no internet. I didn't have even cable TV. So I spent a lot of time outside and really connecting to nature and feeling this really this beauty of being connected to something that I couldn't name. You know, your kids, I still, it's still difficult to name as an adult, but I felt this deep, um, what I would say now, these are not the words I would have used, you know, at eight years old, but a spiritual connection to my surroundings and being out there and nature all the time just gave me the sense of belonging that I often didn't feel um, when I was in school. So, and I still feel that to this day, that this there's this belonging that um, can only be felt when I'm surrounded by nature. Um, and so, you know, I had a pretty... I won't say normal childhood because there is no normal, <laughs> but you know, there were some challenges in my, in my childhood for sure. Um, and, you know, growing up in a family dynamic with two older siblings and a younger sibling and um, who had very different experiences in their childhood. We talk about it to this day, how, you know, my older siblings had a different relationship with my father than I did. And my younger brother did because my father was an alcoholic and, you know, the alcoholism got worse as we, um, as we got older, the younger children did. And, um, and we had to, you know, really navigate that and carry a lot of that pain into our adulthood. And to be able to process that has been a journey. Um, but, um, yeah, and I just spent a lot of time very uncertain about my life, um, you know, I did go to college for a couple of years and, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do because you're supposed to have everything figured out. 
um, at 18, 19, 20, and I didn't. So um, there's a lot of things that occurred in my life that caused me to pause and um, take some time off from, from school and to really reflect on what it is that I really wanted to do. And then, of course, I went back to school and got a degree in something that I don't use at all right now. Does that sound familiar to anyone? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, but. Maybe that's um, a good segue. I mean, I feel like we'll revisit um, going back in time, you know, mm -hmm. about how your childhood sort of created the challenges that turned into the turning points in your life. But can you just briefly share with us what your work is now, what your training is, and what influences your current work and what you're doing now? Yeah, I mean, I got a degree in environmental sciences um, from the University of Virginia, which I used for about three years. And then, um, you know, life came in and kicked me in the butt. And I took some, um, I spun out for a little bit. And then I had a very big um, spiritual pull um, that caused me to start to meditate more and to do some yoga. And it kind of led me on this path of awakening to a potential in me that um, I didn't realize I had. And so now it's led me, and we can get a little bit more into the details of all that, what happened in between there, but it led me to where I am now, where I'm claiming my power really as a women's empowerment coach. And with that comes, you know, a yoga teacher training certification, um, meditation teacher, yoga nidra teacher, a neuroencoding specialist. And those are all just, you know, labels of what I do. But what I really do is I support women to connect to their innate power um, and their presence so that they can really dissolve all of those belief systems that have held them back for a very long time and to be able to ignite the innate powers that they hold within them so that they can really step into their lives in a way that is really quite beautiful and that allows them to bring in the joy and the love and even the finances and all that that they desire most from their heart with less striving and less pushing and they can do it with much more um, ease and effortlessness. So that's really what I do. I love that. There's so many questions coming up already about power, our innate power, and our belief systems, um, and how you got to the point of figuring out that you'd maybe lost your power somewhere along the way. But I feel like we don't, that's not how we start our journey, right? We just kind of know something's wrong or something's not going the, the right way. So maybe take us back to 10, 20 years ago. Uh, in your life and who you were at that time and what were those turning points that put you on this path? Uh, Would you say like a spiritual path, would you call it like a Um, spiritual journey or self-discovery? Well, I think a spiritual journey always starts um, from what I call the pit of despair. Mm -hmm. Some people call it the dark night of the soul. Um, But I was... Gosh, 20 years ago, I was 30. That's even crazy to think about. Um, And I had a really tumultuous nine months where I lost um, many family members. I had a health crisis. I, you know, had to give up an unborn child because of the health crisis. I had um, 
found out my partner, who I thought was the person I was supposed to be with my whole life, um, was having an affair with two of my friends. And so I lost my home. I lost my relationship. Um, I lost my job. And um, all in nine months. And But more importantly, I lost my faith. I really just lost my faith that there was um, a kind and generous you know, God or presence out there. And I was just filled with such anger and remorse and grief that I didn't know how to process. I didn't have the tools then. I didn't know what to do with all that. I didn't even know how deeply I was grieving um, or how much one of those situations could cause um, a deep wounding, much less all of them happening in such a short amount of time. So I did not have my spiritual awakening at that moment. (laughs) Mm. Instead, I started, um, I had lost my job that had to do with my degree. um, And I just started bartending um, because it was easy. And it was so easy to go in and have no responsibilities. And after I got off work, I could have fun. I met different people that had nothing to do with all the pain that was in my life. Um, And I can just be free from that and have some freedom without responsibility, which was huge after that, um, that year. And, um, but you know, that kind of lifestyle led to some very unhealthy habits that, um, kind of spun me out a little bit. And thankfully it only was a a three year stint of drinking too much and partying too much. And, um, but there's always that deep calling in me, like, you know, this is not who you are. This is not who you are. Um, how are you? Can I interrupt? How are yeah, you feeling that? Was there some, if you reflect back yeah. on that, is there some kind of sensation or part of you? Um, yeah, I had this deep, deep ache, deep ache uh, in my heart. And I just, it was just a feeling, a pull towards something else. And, um, and it's difficult to describe because it's just a deep knowing. It was a deep knowing and this almost a magnetic pull um, trying to guide me towards something different. Yet the, the grief was so heavy and the depression was so heavy and, um, and it was so easy just to stay in the darkness and stay in a lifestyle that kind of perpetuated darkness um, than it was to do anything else. I didn't know what else to do. I mean, I could feel the pull, but I didn't know what to do. So it took some quite some time to be able to um, to find a resource that could help me. And um, did that answer your question, Anya? Yeah, I was just wondering, you know, to share sort of for the listeners, when you know, like, how do you know when some part of you is calling you on another path. And sometimes, yeah. you know, how I do we recognize those heart. signs? Yeah. Some other people say they feel it in their gut or it's just this. It's a knowing sometimes. It's a knowing. And um, I think we all have that. And sometimes we just discount it because we are so, we're brought up to believe that we have to have concrete evidence. It has to be something that we can see, taste, or we can have proof of. But we all have this deep knowing, this deep intuitiveness about us. Um, 
and which gets stronger and stronger, the more that you honor it. But at that time, you know, I wasn't really honoring it, but I still was connected to it and I didn't know how to honor it. Yeah. 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 And so that feels like maybe that's where the turning point came in. You know, it was one of them. I mean, what happened is, you know, I was taking way too much time to um, pulling away from the calling of my heart and just staying in bad relationships, staying in in the work that wasn't really honoring me. So um, it was really one night when I had partied way, way too much. um, And I just remember sitting there by myself, you know, all jacked up. And just being like, there's no way I'm going to sleep. I have way too much cocaine in my system. Um, But all I wanted to do was to fall asleep because I just knew that I just needed some peace from my mind. I was shaming myself. I was blaming myself. My mind was just going crazy. I was so depressed. I was in in despair and angry at myself for doing it again. When I told myself I wouldn't do it again. And, um, And in that moment, a wave of peace just came over me. And I can't describe it, but I just all of a sudden felt so peaceful, so calm, and very quickly fell asleep when I, there's no way I should have been able to fall asleep. And so that was a turning point for me. Did I stop doing cocaine and drinking in that moment? No, but four months later, I embarked on a journey to become a yoga teacher. And from that point on, I never looked back. And so um, it was because it was such a beautiful moment in that time where I was like, oh, it kind of reignited me with my faith. Mm -hmm. There is a support system there that is listening to me and is supporting me. Still don't fully trust you because you really effed up my life. (laughs) (laughs) But you helped me in this moment and it started making me think a little bit more. Um, And I was also at that time, you know, starting to meditate, you know, and surrounding myself with people that were of a spiritual community. And so I was kind of had one foot in the, the nightlife and one foot in this new community of spiritual seekers and people that really wanted to support me. And so I was kind of in that liminal space almost of transformation, the beginning of it. Um, so I can't believe we're already at a time for a short break. Mm-hmm. So I think we should definitely come back to this, Um, but while we go to break for our listeners, why don't we just take a moment for you to stretch and take a deep breath and just think of those moments in your life that were times that really were catalysts for you for a deeper transformation and just seeing them perhaps as a catalyst for something bigger or where you receive some sort of support and guidance that you couldn't name. And then when we rejoin this conversation, we can dive in deeper. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life 
and step into an easeful magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. You are listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Women Thriving Unapologetically and me, your host, Lindsay McCowan. Today, I'm joined by Anya Shepalavi, who stepped in at the last minute to interview me for this first episode so that you can get to know more about me and the intention of this show through our conversation. And I love how Anya did not hesitate to step in at the last moment when my original guest had to be uh, present for a family crisis. So I just want to say that I love the courage of women like Anya who step in and just despite the unknown and the fear when needed. And I think that really is a nice segue for um, what we were talking about before about stepping into the unknown and the fear um, of life and how we can be more present to the, the calling of our hearts. So thank you so much, Anya, for saying yes when I needed you. Sure. I'm going to add that we're unapologetically winging it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And just to continue to step in when we're called to step in. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I wanted to continue the conversation. I know um, our turning points, because I have a lot in my life too. And I know, you know, when we left off, you were talking about how you sort of had one foot in the door on the spiritual path and one still in the, in the nightclub or in the bar <laughs> mm-hmm. or that lifestyle. Um, and I know it, it's been a long journey, but I'd love to hear, or maybe you could share with the audience and your listeners um, what that, you know, sort of the more recent part of that journey and how you've ended up where you are now and what brought you to the creation of this particular show. Yeah, I know. Cause on, on the break, Anya and I are like, well, there's so much that happens on a spiritual path and we can't talk about all of it in such a short segment. I know even in an hour show, there's no way we could cover all of it. And I don't want to gloss over the fact that there's so many ins and outs of a spiritual journey. There's so much progress and then what you feel as regress mm-hmm. um, and so many trials that happen so that when if we're jumping ahead, it doesn't make it, you know, think about that this has taken 12 more or more years for me to get to that from that point 30 years ago to feeling like I was really steeped in some practices that could really support me. So I'm 50 now and that was, you know, 20 years ago. And then it wasn't until, um, about near, I guess, 12 or 14 years ago that I really was getting into the yoga and the meditation. And, um, but it didn't cure any, everything, you know, I was still just struggling deeply and um, I needed a teacher and I actually found a teacher who could really help me open up to some practices that started to heal Um my heart and actually transform my beliefs, my mind, because our perception is everything. We can have fabulous and fit bodies, which I did. 
and but still be miserable. And because our minds are not steady and we haven't resolved a lot of childhood traumas or um, some misbeliefs that we've been indoctrinated into just through our culture. And so I really had to go in and do these deep practices to transform what I believe to be true about myself, what I believe to be true about other people and about this world that we live in, because it can be a dark place to reside in. And it takes a lot of strength and a lot of dedication to um, change that perspective and start seeing it through the lens of love. And that's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's not easy, but it is necessary and essential because if we don't do it, then nothing's going to change. And our life will be one that is continuously spun in chaos and unhappiness and depression and anxiety and overwhelm. So, you know, when I tell people that, you know, it took me more than 10 years, like, oh, I don't want to do 10 years of work. Well, if you don't, then what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, you're still going to live, be living the same life 20 years from now. And so it takes a lot of courage to step into that arena and, um, and you get beat up a little bit, but along mostly by yourself, <laughs> I was great at that, really good at beating myself up. But, you know, it, the yoga tradition says that in order for there to be profound change, you have to have consistency in your practices and you must do them for a long period of time and you must do them with reverence and awe. You have to have some sense of awe for something greater than yourself. Mm, So it's through the practices and the continuation of coming back to them that the faith started to come back in. Mm -hmm. Awe and the reverence started to come back in. And then that built my faith more. And then I wanted to do more practices. And then I, I, I always want to have these in my life for the rest of my life. And then, and by doing that, my trust in my heart's guidance blossomed. And I could start to trust her so that when I did get that nudge, I didn't, um, I didn't ignore it, but I listened to her. And, um, and it doesn't mean that everything was easy. By far, it was not easy. But it meant that I knew I was being guided to something better. And I just had to be brave enough to follow that guidance and trust that in the end, it was going to be come more and more effortless. I was just reminded of, uh, cause I was a yoga practitioner. Was it Patabi Joyce that said practice and all is coming? Was, it, was he the one that yes. said Yes. Um, but you know, practice, practice, all is coming, but we all forget coming. that the all is coming can be all of it. Oh, it's, all of it is coming. It's not just the good, but yeah. in practice, it's going to stir up those dark shadows, but that's mm-hmm. because they need to be met and processed right. and transformed. You know, healing does not happen independent of transformation and transformation does not happen independent of healing. They go hand in hand and we have to be able to be willing to have all of it come and then see all of it as grace and see all of it as divine. Yeah. And even the idea of practicing, like you were talking about our, our own intuition and trusting ourselves and listening to ourselves, that's a practice when we've been taught not Mm -hmm. to listen it. It's not like we get it all of a sudden, right? It's a yeah. constant you practice. You have to nurture that too. It's like a relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to constantly nurture it. Yeah. Um, and because I do that every day, there's plenty of times throughout my day or my week or my month where I'm questioning and I have to come back to the practices that help me mm-hmm. become grounded in that truth again. I'm like, oh, okay, this is this place that is 
that honors truth and holds wisdom and can keep me grounded and clear when all this other stuff wants to come in and pull me in a million different directions. And I, and I have to be like, no, I'm yeah. coming back home to my center. Unapologetically. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the, which came first, the idea for the show or the title of the show? Oh, well, I was actually contacted by Voice America to do a show. And I was ex so excited to be and honored to be a part of this amazing platform. And so, of course, I said yes. And um, like, you can name the show anything you want. And so it just, you know, as inspiration, you know, comes to me, it just pops in my head. That's why I call it inspiration. And I was like, women thriving unapologetically. And I didn't know what it meant at first. I was like, oh, that just sounds good. And then it I had just to came it. in. It just, it just came, came in. in. Huh. <laughs> and that's how it works for me. It just comes in. And then, you know, I'm inspired by spirit, you know, here I'm, I'm pondering what, you know, the show's name is going to be, and then it's offered to me. And so I'm like, okay, I honor that, that wisdom that wants to move through me. And I didn't even know what the name, like what the name meant until I had a friend of mine say, well, what does that mean to you? And then again, it just came through me and I explained to her that, you know, thriving has three definitions. Uh, one of which is to, you know, flourish vigorously You can think of a plant growing vigorously, or the other definition is to prosper. And we think of prospering as accumulating wealth and wealth can be not just finances, but also the wealth of happiness and the wealth of, um, physical and mental, spiritual health. And, but the, the third definition really resonated with me, which is, you know, to move towards one's goals, to continue to move towards one's goals and to grow despite circumstances. Mm. And so that is what thriving is because so many people are like, oh, I'm not thriving. But if you are continuously moving towards your goals and making those efforts and feeling yourself start to flourish. It might be just, you might just be a seedling, but if you nourish that seedling, it's going to grow and it will start to grow more and more vigorously the more that you nourish it and that you just keep going forward and you keep doing those things that keep you aligned with your heart and you are thriving and you are supported. And that's the biggest lesson for me. And then the unapologetic piece is that I've, for years and years, I would just feel that calling in my heart, that nudge, that pull, that magnetic, you know, you know, almost sometimes like this intense magnetic pull in my heart. And I would say, no, I'm too afraid. Mm -hmm. Or I'm sorry, I don't have enough money. I'm sorry, I can feel you, but I don't trust you. Or I can feel you, but I, I'm just, I'm too scared. And I would just keep apologizing, apologizing, apologizing. And that would just make me feel small and confined and perpetuate my fear. And then my feeling of not being good enough. But then it just came a time where I was like, okay, I'm trusting this, this beautiful heart of mine. And I'm not going to, going to apologize to her anymore. I'm going to listen to her. Even if it scares the pants off of me, I'm going to do this. I was so close to cursing. You know that, Anya. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, 
I, uh, yeah, I have to follow my heart no matter what, because she will always guide me to the place that I need to be. It might be hard. It might be rough, but she will always guide me to exactly where I need to be. And so now when I hear her calling like, oh, oh, you want me to do that, do you? Take a deep breath in. And then I'm like, okay, let's do this. And because I'm not going to apologize to her anymore because then I'm not living the life that I want to live. I'm, I'm living small. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to think about who the apology is for or what the unapologetic thriving is about or to whom it's unapologetic. And because it could easily also be, you know, from your perspective, as you're describing it, it's, it's really about your relationship with your own heart and being in connection and alignment with your own heart, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're also then dealing with when we move into that space, that we're showing up in front of everybody um, unapologetically, right? And contending with that also. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, I had um, spoken to many women before this show and was asking them, I have a Facebook group called Women Thriving Unapologetically, which this um, this show is um, aired in. So you can see the behind the scenes in the, sh- in the Facebook group. But I had asked them, okay, what have you apologized to your heart for? And so actually they volunteered to give some clips um, and that we can listen to now and hear their experiences of what they've apologized to their heart. So let's take a moment just to listen to what they have to say. I apologize to my heart for not taking the time to be more creative, which brings me closer connection to spirit and to be of greater service to others. Dear heart, I am sorry I didn't know that what you wanted was worthy of pursuing. Dear heart, I'm so sorry when I let my fear get in the way and didn't trust you completely. You were right all along. Dear heart, I am sorry I keep thinking of him. I am sorry I keep thinking of him. I'm sorry I didn't protect you. To my heart, I apologize. I'm sorry for keeping you hidden, and I'm sorry for the times I didn't listen to your beautiful, magical, intuitive wisdom. Dear heart, I'm sorry for all those times I didn't listen and for keeping myself small and telling myself we were unworthy and not enough. My dear heart, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for all the suffering I caused, for not being patient, for not listening, for not giving you more time. Dear heart, I am so very sorry that I let the ideas, the fears, the beliefs, the thoughts of others to lead me away from you. I'm sorry I didn't acknowledge your pain, allow you to grieve, and give you the space and time to heal. I really felt that in my heart listening to all those women and how they've apologized to their hearts And I think you had a little clip in there too. I did. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. So, you know, as you're listening to this, just think about how you've apologized to your own heart. And 
and how that has felt to have to say you're sorry based on fear um, or feeling like you don't have enough or you're not good enough and what it would be like to finally say yes to your heart and how much more power you would have if you did that. I mean, it's scary, but it is a place of reclaiming your power and also reclaiming choice, which I think is really important for women to have choice. Take a few breaths um, because you're not going to want to miss the last portion of our conversation where I talk a little bit about the key to thriving unapologetically. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. You are listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Women Thriving Unapologetically and me, your host, Lindsay McCowan. Today, I'm being interviewed by a dear friend, Anya Shepalavi, and I'm so excited to get dive back into our conversation about thriving unapologetically. Yeah, it's great to be back. So, Lindsay, why don't you take us through what you believe uh, it takes to thrive unapologetically? Like, for example, what's the mentality? What's an approach for thriving unapologetically that's sustainable and nourishing and yields success? And, and that can be success, right, across the whole slew of things, mm-hmm. relationships, our mental state of being, work, personal growth. Yeah, I know that's a loaded question, but it's a big question. I yeah. think I can handle it. Um, <laughs> that's so, why you have a lot a show that answers all these questions. <laughs> okay, we don't have a lot of time left. Let's see what I can do with this. Um, so, you know, I think the key and what I have found to be true that it really starts with honoring your pace. And when we try to keep up with the pace of the world, which is quite frankly chaotic and Every year we're being pushed harder and striving more. And the result of that is that anxiety is going up. Depression is going up. Sense of overwhelm, the sense of not being fulfilled. And so we really need to come back to wholeness through the body and understanding that the body is not meant to be in this state of 
high intensity all the time. If you think of a car, a tachometer on a car, if you have your foot on the gas and that tachometer is in the red the whole time, the engine is going to burn out. But this is what we're doing to our bodies all the time. We have our foot on the gas and we feel like we're too afraid to take our foot off the gas because we might be left behind or we have to do more and have more in order to be more of value. We have to be producing something all the time. But what we're doing is not actually serving us. It's actually doing more harm than it is good. And so what we have to do is have the courage to pull back. I mean, when I did this, it was it terrified me to stop. I was doing so much because I wanted my business to thrive. I had this deep soul purpose to serve women and and to help them. But how was I going to help them if I was just a hot mess too? Mm-hmm. So I had to take all of this stuff off my plate and have the courage to do it. And when I did, I cried. I mean, I literally cried because I was terrified. If I stop doing, then who am I going to be? What is my life going to look like? My business is going to fail. Um, but I also cried because I was so relieved. I was like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. I can't keep doing this. And so it took probably about six to eight months for my nervous system to settle down and get used to a pace that felt right to me. And I kind of always joke that, oh my God, I'm like, my pace is like a hundred year old Galapagos turtle now. And I want to be the hare. I want to be the hare, but I'm not. Mm. And when I honored that pace that really felt right to me and got comfortable with it, what happened is I was actually able to sense underneath one, my body started to heal. My nervous system started to settle down so I could actually reconnect to that beauty and that innate wisdom that was in me that I was already connected to, but she came through so much more powerfully than she ever had before. And she started to guide me in a direction that I didn't know I was meant to go. That's when I started being like, oh my gosh, I'm actually meant to be this empowerment coach for women. I'm actually meant to teach people how to connect to the divine feminine, to awaken something that's been pushed down and ignored um, for millennia, to reawaken these energies so that we can come into wholeness again. But I would never have heard that unless I would have slowed down and found my pace. My pace is very different than your pace. It's very different than my partner's pace. And so we honor our own pace and don't compare it to someone else's. And we let that and let our, so that our guidance can come through and we can live our life from that place that is actually much more easeful and effortlessness, effortless than trying to keep up with everyone else. Right. Um, I was going to say, I know you and I share a lot about our journeys and our pain points and our, our growth points and that pretty much in a similar time frame, we both slowed a lot of things down and Mm -hmm. changed the pace of things. And I, as you were talking, it occurred to me that there's got to be, again, just like when we embark on a spiritual journey, sometimes it's not by choice. It's because something, a crisis happens in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I know you were talking about how you changed the load, the workload that you had on your plate. But what was it, was that, was there a belief system you uncovered? Like what was the turning point (laughs) 
for ch- making the changes? Was it, does it your physical health? You know, mental health. I have, you know, in the past, I think I have several reserve tanks. So I wasn't realizing that I was on my reserves, but the symptoms were there. You know, I was getting migraines all the time mm-hmm. up to the point where I was getting them two, three times a week. And then I was having headaches the other days of the week. I maybe had one day when I didn't have a headache or a migraine. And that's frustrating because then that slows you down. And then all the fear would come back in. Oh, I'm not doing anything. Um, I need to be doing something. Um, so your body was trying to slow you down. <laughs> saying, hey, lady. Saying, hey, I'm trying to give you a signal here. I don't understand why you can't get this one. I'll give you, so I'll give you another <laughs> migraine. Oh, let's give you another one. Um, and I still wasn't getting it. And then, you know, and then I just wasn't happy. I mean, I wasn't doing the things that lit me up. I wasn't making time to be in nature. Remember in the beginning, I said, nature is like the bomb and the connection back to spirit for me and my sense of purpose. And um, and so I was just doing all the things everyone was telling me to do that I needed to do to be successful. And I realized, you know, my life isn't dictated by an algorithm and my life isn't dictated by someone else's step-by-step roadmap to success. My success comes from when I tap in to the divine within my heart and the wisdom within my heart, and I honor her. And when I do that, everything flows with beauty and grace. And it doesn't mean that it's easy, but I can meet that from a place of strength and resilience and clarity that I don't, I don't have when I'm trying, when I'm running all over the place and, um, being everything to everyone. So, and so the thing that I actually teach women now is like, okay, we start with the first step of rest and restoration. You've got to see rest as a birthright and as a ritual. And so that you can recover and restore your nervous system Mm -hmm. because it's a hot mess right now. We don't even realize it because for so long we've been going at this pace and we think it's normal um, that we don't even realize that we're not well until we start to get that rest and restoration. They're like, oh my gosh, I was so far away from my center and my wholeness that I thought that was like what life was about. And then, right. and then we, once you get the nervous system back into a more restful rhythm, its natural state of rest then we can start to address, okay, how do we get you into alignment with your heart and activate the power of the heart, which is courage, which is strength, which is beauty and wisdom. And how do we activate some of those divine feminine um, powers? Because they, the divine feminine is flipping powerful. It is so powerful. And when it's so misunderstood and misrepresented in our culture, but when you tap into that, you awaken a part of yourself that you didn't even know you had because we weren't allowed to bring her out um, for a very long time. And we've been conditioned to believe that she's not powerful, that she's less than, that um, she doesn't have a voice, that she's not worthy. But when you bring her forward, it's like you unfurl and you're, and you're like, wow, this is who I'm meant to be. And she's badass. Mm-hmm. And it's not from that place of, oh, you know, 
overcoming the masculine and all that. It's about bringing the two parts together so that you do have that sense of wholeness because a part of you has been ignored for so long. And then from that place, then we, an empowered place of strength, we can go into the darker stuff and say, okay, what are the beliefs that were fueling me to work so hard and push so hard to the point where I was getting migraines all the time, or I have so much anxiety, I'm having to take medication or I'm self-medicating with alcohol to get myself to sleep. And then I have to drink a whole bunch of caffeine in the morning to get me going again and throughout the day. That's not fine. And that's not true health. And so we go in and we start to dissolve the discover the beliefs that are fueling that pattern. And then we start to dissolve them and replace them with belief systems that are actually in line with your heart. And then from that place, you are able to thrive and flourish and prosper and to do it unapologetically. You can claim your space, you can claim your power and feel really good about it. And it's not like an in your face kind of like, oh, I'm going to claim my space and my power and I am woman, hear me roar. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but this is from a different place that of, of infinite wisdom and truth that I'm talking about. Yeah. It sounds like uh, unplugging from a general programming that's outside of us and Mm -hmm. really learning to tune in to ourselves in a much different way. And I feel like that innate power is almost a paradox in a way, because we feel like if we slow down, we're not going to be in power or in control and we're going to lose something. Right. And it, feels like the wrong move. <laughs> yeah. And it, it makes but, us feel vulnerable. Yeah. It's the vulnerability. And we don't like to feel scary. vulnerable, but we, yeah. what we don't understand is that vulnerability is not weakness that we have. It's inner vulnerability that we find our greatest power mm-hmm. and our greatest strength. And, um, you know, and it's like when we slow down, it's like, well, I'm pulling away from the path. You know, everyone else is doing this. So if I pull away from it, then what does that mean? Am I going to be left behind? Mm -hmm. Am I going to be forgotten? But you're not. You're actually going to remember. Ooh, beautiful. Remember. Yeah, let's sit with that. Leave with that. So we have just a few more minutes left of the show. And we really wanted to talk uh, or have you talk about um, what journey you intend to take your listeners on with this show and also what offerings you have uh, coming down Mm -hmm. the pipeline for people to support women in the process of thriving unapologetically. So with this show, I really, really hope that this will be a platform to bring in women like you who are thriving despite circumstances and have really unique and beautiful stories to share so that they have a platform to share not their story and um, and to get their voices out into the world so that the women that are listening to the show can feel connected because it's through the connection with other women that we realize that we're not alone and we realize the power that we hold within us and that it also gives us the courage to find our own voice and to do that deeper work. And so I really wanna create a close-knit community here Um, As the show grows, where women are connecting with me through their questions in the Facebook group or questions through Voice America's, you know, my email or however we want to connect so that the questions that you have that are 
weighing heavily on you can be answered in this show and that you can learn techniques and practices, something to take away every single time that will help you heal and transform so that you too can thrive Mm -hmm. and move towards that thriving. Um, So that is really important for me. Um, And then, you know, the things that I'm really super excited about coming up are me just sharing um, a lot of these techniques in a very close community of women for a program that I have. It's a year long immersion where once a month we meet and we dive in and we answer these questions and we start to awaken these powers within us using a lot of the archetypes of um, the goddesses so that we can see the shadow and the light of that. Um, so if anyone wants to know more about that, they're welcome to email me or go to my website, lindsaymccowan.com to find out more. And I'm really, I make it very easy for people to connect with me so that they have questions and want to connect and have a conversation. I'm always happy to do that. Um, and with all of that, our hour is up. Can you believe that? Amazing. Yeah. So one last thought you have about like what you're excited about. Yeah. I'm just excited to be here. Like this is definitely a divine intervention for me to be here. Um, It came in at the right time and I'm trusting it and I'm going with it. And um, I can't wait to see how this show evolves and all the women that have lined up are amazing. Next week we have uh, Ariane Traverso coming in talking about women making an impact in business. Um, So all I'd like to say is thank you, Anya, for being here. I so appreciate you. And I want to thank everyone that's listening to this first episode for joining us today on Voice America's Empowerment Channel for Women Thriving Unapologetically. And I hope that you'll come back each week to learn how to do that for yourself. And we'll be live every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And so please review, rate, and subscribe and leave me a message. Like I said, I love to connect and I am Lindsay McCowan and I look forward to hearing from you and until next time, many, many blessings, my friends. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Women Thriving Unapologetically. We hope we've inspired you to claim your birthright to thrive. Tune in next week where we will continue to give you the tools you need to flourish, prosper, and thrive. Until then, have a beautiful week.